By the way, right. before we start, what are we talking about? Hockey. Yeah. Boston Bruins hockey. Wait, we talk hockey in this show? G- Jimmy, oh, by the way, uh, debut recording, right? Yeah, I, I don't know where you want me to go with that, Dan. If you want to be more specific, it's obviously frustrating. We felt we were the better team. We didn't win. The guy's scared, okay? He's, got, he's gonna do what gets him to, gets him his, his, his President's Trophy, number one seed, because it's safe. Well, I'll, I'll tell you the process. Um, and I'll be quite open with you. Obviously, Tuka's acknowledged that he was playing hurts. He met with us every day, medical staff, myself, Golden Bob, to go through his status, particularly in the playoffs. You know, he, he played game one with it in, you know, against Washington, right through the, obviously game six in New York. And he regularly told us he was ready to go. Incident game five, after the second period, I thought he didn't look as sharp. Golden Bob talked to him and said he's lacking some energy. So he said, well, we'll go with swimming in the third. And then we'll sort it out in game six. And again, he came back the next day saying he's feeling Feeling better. And then it comes on, on to me. I have to make the final call because it's the best chance to win. And I chose to win. So no regrets on that. Boston B party. Boston B party. Boston B party. What lessons do you think you know you, Don, the organization learned from how that broke for you guys? Yeah, I mean I've looked back at that a lot, obviously. Um, I think that the timing of when we hired Don draft was taking place would have would have been good I think probably to have a little bit more time in between the hiring and the draft I think Don did everything he needed to do leading up to that draft to get three first round picks I thought the moves that he made were, were really good you know the guys put the list together I think maybe probably should have taken the time out and really just digested that list a little bit more lighting it up and like being like oh like you know what I mean Jesus Christ woo yeah obviously took has to have an offseason surgery and reevaluate how he's doing coming out of that, and, uh, and then go from there. You know, we go through our meetings and such and plan going forward, but uh, we have to factor in um, that he could be a part of that. Whether or not that means that the, the two young guys get both of the work and early going and, and see where two comes, or we uh, we go to uh, augment our group and, and create internal competition and then uh, reevaluate how things are going to come out of the, uh, the rehab process. Did Tyler figure out what the show's about yet? It's the show takeover. Welcome back to the Boston Bee Party. And as your ears do not deceive you, this is not David Rodriguez. This is Jimmy Shea on the show takeover. And I am joined, as always, with Tyler Scales and Joseph Ventola. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Doing good, Jimmy. Doing good, Jimmy. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Loving the hockey. Loving the hockey. Even though the Bruins are in it, I'm still loving the hockey here. Um, As am I, man. It's just absolutely. Been, how can you not? I mean, watching this uh, this playoff run just fall apart in front of the Bruins and stuff like that, and then, oh man, it's been it's been tough to watch this for sure. But um, yeah, I guess since the Bruins didn't really play, there's really nothing to talk about for game wise. But I guess some things have happened for the Bruins. I know Justin has been blowing up our group chat here with stuff about Don Sweeney. No surprise there, Justin. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the Bruins <laughs> offseason so far? Oh, dude! I, again, again, like, like, dude, what is he doing? I, I like, like, and again, like, 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 I don't know if he has his hand down his pants or if he's just like, like, turtling or whatever. But like, again, Victor Arvidsson and he's from the Nashville Predators, a uh, good winger. I think he's like mid twenties, maybe twenty six, twenty seven. A player that the Bruins could use, especially if they want their bottom six. I'm like, if they plan on 
contending again just because Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marsh didn't want to take another run at it, then that's a guy. Second and fifth round pick. Really? And, and you're just like, oh, 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 was he available? Oh, and I'm, I'm just, it's just, it, again, mind-blowing. And But it's, it's at this point, again, we should all just expect this. We should all expect this. No, I can't. I can't, yeah, I I can't disagree with you, Tyler. What, what, Tyler, what are your thoughts on the off season so far? I know we really haven't gotten into the off season free agency. Uh, definitely, uh, it's awesome. been you know usual. Don Sweeney doing his thing, not signing the guys we want. <laughs> yes, yeah, and then we sign guys like Anton Bleed, the ghost himself, and uh, well, we signed Trent Frederick. I guess that's a good thing if he gets better. <sighs> See, that's what people keep telling me. I keep asking Bruins fans, what do you guys think about the offseason? And they keep telling me, oh, we got we got, uh, we got got Freddie back. I'm like, okay, he's a fourth-line guy at best. Probably. Yeah, but we, we haven't done enough yet, No, we, I mean, obviously. We have a lot of cap space if we don't bring back Tuca. And I know we're not going to talk about the cup final yet, but the Canadiens, the only reason why I'd be rooting for them is for listening to all the Tuca fans eat their freaking tongue and try to figure out on how to do this because there's no way – if Carey Price ends up winning a cup and it's on his back, I mean, this is what this is what I want Tuca to do. Put a team on your back. I mean, if Tuca plays half as well as Carey Price is right now, the Bruins have at least two cups during this run. I mean, they I don't beat the Blackhawks in 2013, but they definitely beat the Blues, and they probably... I mean, we're in a contention with the Lightning at that point. I mean, the Lightning have more talent, but, I mean, Tuca is better than serviceable. I like. I mean, I like our chances there. Well, he's just he's, he's unreliable, Jimmy. You know what I mean? Like 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 we've seen. Like when when the game's not on him, when it's not when the pressure isn't all on him, right? Like like he's fine. But as soon as you ask your goal, like your number one goaltender, which is what you should do in the playoffs, to like help you win again. I mean, look at they, they were down what three to one to Toronto. So every single game was an elimination game. Rask in elimination games is now three and seven, and he lets up three or more goals in every single one, except for like one, which he only let up one. But all the other ones, he left three or more goals. And Kay Price stood on his head. And honestly, he's a huge factor as to why the Canadians are even in the cup finals right now. And, I mean, in the boohoo Tuka crew over here, like, well, he's hurt and stuff. And, like, you know. And granted, I put a lot on Cassidy because I don't think he should have played him at all. At all. I mean, that was a very questionable decision. I mean, he sucks in elimination games as it is. And you're going to play him in one while he's hurt. And look, they what? He let up five goals, or no, four goals, and then two empty nets. So, I mean, it's just Carey Price is awesome. He does need to win a cup, though. I, I will, I will get on that. He's a great goaltender, but what separates him from a guy say like Vasilevsky? He needs that Stanley Cup. I yeah. Tyler, what are your thoughts? Now, against Carey Price, when you talk about elimination games in Game Seven, he did play against the Maple Leafs this year, and. Uh, well, that's the Maple Leafs, so <laughs> that's only I can say against Carey Price. But I do agree with Justin. He needs a Stanley Cup, but I don't want to see him win one because it's the Canadians. I don't want to ever see them win a cup. Right. Yep. So, but I do understand where Justin's coming from. He's an amazing goaltender. and Right. But so, like, like the thing with Tuca, my biggest thing, I've said this for years, it's not the player, it's the contract. If you're going to get paid that much money, I, deserve, I, I expect you to, to perform. Carey Price is kind of in the same boat, but the thing that Tuca has that Carey Price has not had – it's a team in front of him. I mean, Carey Price is since 2014. I think is the last time they really made a run like this. He hasn't had a good team. They've been bottom 30 in NHL. It's not been a good team at all to watch. And it's just been tough for him 
and even him playing on his head has not even propelled his team into the playoffs. If this is a normal year, they don't make the playoffs, which is surprising because if they're back in our division, I believe that uh, Florida makes the playoffs, we make the playoffs, Tampa and Toronto make the playoffs. So they're not, they're not even a playoff team, and now they're in the cup finals, which is insane to me. And I know, Tyler, you said that he, since he played – Toronto in Game Seven, it's you know Toronto, but he did. They did be a massive favorite in Vegas. At least a massive favorite in my eyes. Maybe not in the they did. But I mean that that to me was when I was like, "Fuck, this team's gonna win a Stanley Cup this year." And it's so hard for me to to root like to, I don't understand how people are rooting for this team. I don't get it. Like, I don't understand if, it. If you take the, I, you take the jerseys off of them, I, as people keep saying, you take the jerseys off of them, they're a fun team to watch. You're not wrong. They are a fun team to watch. But, I mean, it reminds me of, like, the early 2000s Devils where it's pack it in, pack it in, pack it in, get a couple breakaways and, and play with a hot goalie. It's not a fun team to watch. They're they're young. They're explosive. You take the jerseys off them and swap them with someone like, you know, Anaheim or, like, the Kings where, you know, I don't have a natural hate for them. Well, maybe I'm rooting for them. Over, over Tampa, Absolutely. Yes. Over, over Tampa, yes, I am rooting for them. But it's just, you know, I can't root for the, I can't root for the blue, blah, and... Rouge, Rue is what they're calling it. <laughs> my, my, French, my French is awful. I tried. I tried. Um, yeah, if you're a Bruins fan, I don't know how you can root for Montreal. You're not, you're not a true Bruins fan to me. No, I, I agree. Not at all. I agree. I, I fully agree with you guys. I, I, and what, what I hate, honestly, and I think this is, I think maybe this could be one of the reasons why, is because. Everyone is so up in arms about Tampa Bay being eighteen million dollars over the cap, and I'm like, listen, they like, it. I get it, I get it, but at the same time, I wish John Sweeney was that smart to pull a cap salary cap thing like that. I'm like, no. and not to mention, like New England Patriots, Spygate, Deflategate, all Patriots fans were like, oh, screw you guys, everything else like that, and now you're getting on Tampa for like what being eighteen million over the cap. I'm like, listen, they're not taking steroids. They're not playing with like a smaller net than the other team. They're not. They don't have thirty guys on their bench. I'm like, it's it, so what? They have a little. They finagle the cap a little bit. They can't keep it up every single year, of course. So that's going to come no. back to bite them. But they're doing what it takes to win. Again, wish we had a GM like that. The thing with if if Tampa wins this cup, and I think it's a matter of time until they do win this cup, it kind of it hits the Bruins legacy here over the, over these last 10 years I guess it is 10 years now because yeah. right now it's you know I think Pittsburgh above everybody because they've been they've won what two cups over the last 10 years and they've you know just been you know top of the league top of the league top of the league all of a sudden you Tampa wins two and you put that other you put Tampa there as well and then it kind of brings the Bruins back with everybody else where you know because you know, people say, "How about how about the Blackhawks? How about the the Kings?" But those teams have been rebuilding the last four or five years, so they haven't been a perennial contender like Tampa, like the Bruins, and then of course like the Capitals and uh, Penguins. But if 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 you win two cups there, they're in a league with the Penguins, and they leave the Bruins, the Cap. You're, the Bruins are closer to the Capitals after if if Tampa when Tampa wins this cup. Than they are to Tampa and uh, Pittsburgh, in my opinion, at least. No, honestly, Jimmy, I I think like this definitely puts a damper on it. I mean, granted, I I will say we've had like a good solid ten years of like at least 
expecting a playoff like appearance and whatnot, so I give him that. But I think it's definitely a hit on the core guys: Marchand, Bergeron, Krejci, Rask. I mean, are you just a one cup team? That was it. You know what I mean? And it, so I think in a way, it, it, it kind of dampens your legacy. And I'm sorry, like, like, and Dave, uh, we, we, I mean, yeah, oh, yeah, sure, Dave, Jimmy, we had um, our friend Jerry, right? Our friend Jerry Tyler, we had this, uh, our friend of ours, Jerry, who said he would not um, trade Patrice Bergeron for Braden Point. And I think right now, Braden Point, and honestly, I put him in another league other than McDavid because I'm sorry McDavid are you just a regular season points guy who's going to win the hard throw right. every year or get bounced in the first round or something like that I mean Braden Point I mean he doesn't have one Selkie trophy to his name and I would trade all of Patrice Bergeron's Selkie trophy uh, wins for another Stanley Cup and I just I, and I just think just kind of realizing that Patrice Bergeron what a, what a hell of a player I love him to death I love his work ethic yeah. he's not like he's not the clutch guy. He's not that clutch guy. No. And honestly, I think he's the worst on his line. Uh, I think Pasok and Marshan are better than him. I think he's just yeah. reliable. Yeah, I have to agree. Marshan and Pasok, they, they probably are, are definitely our best players. That duo is like bright. They're still firing. Now, I want to bring back that to Don Sweeney and bring it over to Montreal. The guys like Josh Anderson and Tyler Toffoli on that team, those are two guys we could have easily signed. Tyler Toffoli would have been perfect for this team. We were talking about it last year in the 2019-2020 season. And I want to talk about it again in this season. We we could have gotten him in that in on that lineup. It would have been so simple. But no, he said no to it. And Tyler, excellent point. How about how about this other guy? Guess what we lacked on our defense? Don't side, I, 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 on our I, I, left side. Don't, don't bring him. Up. Don't bring him up. He's had, a hor- he's had a horrible. He's had a horrible series. He's had a horrible. See, he's at home series right now, but guess what? He maybe he could have like been a little bit better uh, uh, next match. You know, he just could have been better. Yeah, he would have been better than what we rolled out with Grizzik and Riley on our left side. I'm sorry, like yeah. Riley's a good puck mover, but he's not a shutdown guy. You need that big shutdown guy on your left side. Look at Tampa. I mean, the Canadians they don't have a number one defenseman, but Tampa, the Canadians, well, um, um, uh, Vegas uh, Islanders, they all have big sturdy shutdown guys and he could have been one of those guys fifth round pick that's it do you do you do you consider uh petri oh hello do you uh do you uh consider petri or petri a number one uh, i don't think so i don't know I don't I, he doesn't he's he, he's good but i don't think he's a, he's close I don't think he's Yo, you see guy. those red devilish eyes he had in like one of those vegas games that was that was insane Dude, that was nuts. They they zoomed up on that. I was like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, I must have missed that. I'm sorry. I'm going to look that up after. Um, oh, please do, Jimmy. It's like, whoa, it's man. It's pretty insane. While we're talking about the offseason, I'm, I'm going to go over a couple other things real quick before we go over the playoffs after the Bruins. Um, so I guess it'd be... A B after Bruins, yeah, you know, like you know, like the date. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, <laughs> so uh, Norris Trophy. Uh, was awarded to I believe Adam Fox of the Rangers if I read that correctly, yep. um, and, uh, but your boy Charlie McAvoy yeah. uh, finished five. Ugh. We we start to I I I've eaten crow this year I've come off my mountain here and I will even say that he got snubbed he should be top four because Dougie Hamilton is number four is a joke. Because that's just, a joke. Just because he had, absolute just, joke. Just, I saw that one to throw up in my mouth. I was he's, like, he's why? He's off. Like why? I, I give McAvoy for being. I get on McAvoy for being soft in his defensive zone at times. 
but that's I mean he he looks like Zidane Char in his defensive zone compared to Dougie Hamilton. So to me that's insane. Uh, Justin, what are your thoughts about Adam Fox winning? I guess. I mean, well, like you know, and honestly, uh, Jimmy, like I'm not a fan of like. I feel like some a lot of these awards shouldn't go to players who got bounced in the postseason or didn't make the postseason. Quite frankly, so I think that's the first thing wrong with these awards. Like honestly, it, it, Adam Fox, he's a great defenseman. I think he's done a, really well for his team. But I, I was really shocked. I think he's an up and coming guy for sure. Clear number one, going to be like a top five defenseman in this league. I think just from watching him play. But this year, I, I, with what, everything Charlie McAvoy has done for this team. And again, made the postseason. Um, I, I, I was I was very surprised. I mean, ultimately, I think the award should hands down go to Vic, um, Victor Hedman because he's by far and large like the best defenseman in the league, and he's an absolute stud in these playoffs. So, uh, but I mean, I, I, again, I think he deserves to be in the conversation. But I heavily disagree with him winning it. So I, I think that's. But again, that that's kind of a testament to. Um, you know, how to give out those awards. I really think it should come down to the two teams who win the finals, quite frankly. No, no, I, I, I agree with that. Tell what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with Justin. Uh, it's a difficult the guy who, like, the best defenseman who wins, like, the the Stanley Cup, or gets makes the playoff postseason, has a really good postseason and regular season. But for Adam Fox, from what I like, understand, he won in, like, his first five years, which is incredible, cause, like, compared to Bobby Orr, who also did that same thing. But I do disagree with it. Like, he didn't make the postseason. He didn't get his team to the postseason. He didn't really do much for them. I mean, yeah, he's going to be a, definitely a top five defenseman. I think he will lead that team next year, like, at the very least, guaranteed to the playoffs. So I'm looking forward to seeing what more out of him, especially in the postseason. Like, that's where he does, he's got to prove that he's a good, like, a top five elite. Yeah, one I, of the best. Yeah, I, yeah. I, when, when, I, when I was looking at the rankings, uh, besides the Dougie Hamilton one, not that I thought that Fox is not a great defenseman because he, I mean, he proved it. I mean, he's the quote unquote best defenseman this year. Again, Justin, you said it, it should go to Victor Hedman. I mean, yeah, just like it should, I agree. Just like I should have went to Chara for the better part of three, four years in a row because he was the best defenseman, I think. Yeah, and you look at Connor McDavid with those Art Ross trophies. What does he do in the postseason? Absolutely Nada. nothing. Absolutely nothing. But, yeah, I, I I don't know. Like, I think he got snubbed out of top four, but I'll take top five. If he's going to be trending this direction, I'm really going to look like a dumbass for the first half of the season. I mean, it's not going to be the first time, not going to be the last time I seem like a dumbass. I'll, I'll, I'll say that for sure. Um, I guess the last one that I really want to bring up with for the awards, and I was wrong on this one, I thought that Don Sweeney was going to win executive of the year. Oh God! Um, and it went to Lou Lam- whip my hair out. Yeah, it went. It went to the uh, Islanders GM Lou Lamarillo. Uh, rightfully so. He he got in the two players the Bruins wanted in Palmieri and well, Zajac was more of a throw-in, but uh, I, I really helped that team out and it showed against the Bruins. I mean, Palmieri had a hell of a series. I mean, I still think that you could have made an argument for Don Sweeney making the best move because he actually created a whole second line by just getting one one guy in Taylor Hall. I don't know. This one came as a shock when I heard that Sweeney did not win this one. I, w- I would have been shocked that McAvoy won the Norris. I was shocked that Sweeney did not win executive of the year. Uh, Tyler, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I'm not surprised Sweeney didn't win that. Wait. Well, I, I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. I was looking at something on, on, on online, my bad. Oh, no, no. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. No, no. I'm, I, uh, that was awesome too. <laughs> I, I thought uh, our my my thing my question to you was yeah my bad um, no no you good what um what are your thoughts on Lamarillo winning it for the Islanders over Sweeney? No surprise at all. I mean, look at the, the trades he made. Paul Mary, Sajak. Paul Mary actually did something in the playoffs, unlike Taylor Hall. I'm not going on anything on Taylor Hall. He had a pretty decent year with the Bruins in the regular season, but in the playoffs, he did this. He did disappear. Kyle Paul Mary, he did decent in the regular season, then proceeded to do decent in the playoffs. So it's obvious that he won the trade because they made it to the conference finals. When with that original team, they probably couldn't really make it. They probably would have a, would have a challenge against the Penguins. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I see what you're saying. I don't know, but what what Taylor Hall did in the first round and what he did in the regular season to me did enough for Sweeney to win the award. In my opinion, I was shocked he didn't win it. Uh, Justin, what are your thoughts on Sweeney not winning that award? Uh, good. I mean, how? how, <laughs> how is why am I not surprised? Win? Is he gonna win? Listen, is is. <laughs> Question for you: Is is does, should the GM of the year award go to the GM who like did the most for his team when it mattered in the postseason that really delivered, or is it going to go to the GM who just gets the most bang for his buck? You know what I mean? And like, like sure, Don Sweeney got tail hall because like you know he, he was having a bum year, two goals and how many games to the Sabers, and you know he made an immediate impact here. But again, ghost mode in the playoffs. He got an empty net goal against the Islanders, and he scored like you know a, a gritty goal against Washington, and then then a nifty one, of course. But he still didn't do enough for me. A guy of that level, of that talent, sure, like you know, he he back checked nice, you know, Sometimes. wonderful. But like a guy like that, I, I needed to see way more than him in the postseason. And uh, also the next guy's Lazar. He's a fourth liner. I like him. You know, I like him. I like him too. But see, but, but see, you're going to give an award to a guy who got a player who was kind of a bum, and you just kind of like roll the dice with. In a fourth line, you're going to give a, a, the GM award to him? No, absolutely not. And I think I think it should go gone to him because um, the GM of the Islanders. Because again, Paul Mary was awesome in the postseason. Awesome, and unfortunately, the team didn't make it. I mean, because Tampa's just. Stacked and quite frankly, uh, the Islanders' top six still needs a little work. I don't know why Komarov is on that first line, but um, I, I, like you know, he did the most for his team. I think so. It, I, I honestly should not have even been close to winning that award. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely see the argument in your end. I, I just. I don't know. So I think you're downplaying the Lazar deal personally because I think Lazar, our fourth line was putrid for most of the season. They gave us absolutely nothing. They lost momentum for us. Oh, yeah. Corrali, Wagner, right. and nothing I, at all. And I, and I think Lazar really transformed that line. And I know it's saying, you know, fourth line, but I think that Sweeney really created two lines you can play in almost every – well, the fourth line you can't play in every situation, but – at least they're not losing momentum. They're at least you know outplaying the line, their uh, the other fourth line consistently. So I could have seen where Sweeney gets that nod, but I'm not shocked Lamarillo got it because you know going to seven games against Tampa. I know you don't take the postseason stuff into consideration. I think they should start for some of these awards. Not not necessarily. I mean, I think you know again if you're gonna say you have to make the playoffs in order to win these awards. I think you should at least take the first round into consideration. You know, if you because then, then you're playing the best of the best, and you can see who the best players are, and you can see who the best defenseman is, and the best goalie, and stuff like that. You can really see that kind of stuff. 
Um, the last thing I want to yeah. hit on here. Okay. Oh, one more thing. Yeah, this, ahead, isn't Tom. this like this year? It's like he's only like four decades as a GM. That's incredible. I think didn't he win a cup with New Jersey back in '03? I think Lemarillo is either the coach or the GM there. If I'm not mistaken, I'm not. Uh, sure I, that. I thought it was '83. Oh no, I think it was '03 when the Devils won there. Oh. I, I, I'm pretty sure it was. I know he was on one of those Devils teams that won. I think it was. 80, I think it was '03. I'm not mistaken. Oh. Um, I could be completely wrong. Oh. I'm not looking this up online, but because I have actually because I can't find my mic stance, so I'm really holding my mic here, so I have one hand for typing. Um, <laughs> um, the last thing I want to hit on here is because the Bruins, um, if they're going to let Krejci go, they need a second line center, and I do not trust that. Uh, Charlie Coyle is that guy. I don't. No. I don't, I don't care what the contract is. He's too up and down. So one of the names that was being discussed is Ryan Nugent Hopkins out of Edmonton, and he signed a deal for eight years, forty-one million dollars to stay in Edmonton. I the question I have for you guys is not you know should they have gotten him? Should they not have gotten him? I'm glad they. Didn't I would have. I would have gone for someone better. I was going to say, I'm glad we didn't get this guy because obviously he doesn't want to win. If you want to stay in Edmonton and be behind McDavid, like, what are you like? Why? Like what you've been, he's been part of that team that had Taylor Hall, Eberle, uh, (coughs) Yakupov, all those guys. (laughs) And yet they haven't won shit. And he wants to stay up there because, he wants to stay on the Cleveland Browns of Canada. I, I don't. I don't really know. Wh- I don't really know why he wants to stay up there. Um, I don't. I mean, he's making five million a year on this deal. It's not like they. Like, if you if you went to market and you know summer off from six seven years and and the in the uh, Oilers matched it. Well, then you know you know what you have there. You know the climate there. You maybe maybe he really likes the coach stuff like that. He likes the way it's trending. At least he, you're just making more than five. You don't even go to you don't go to free agency and see what you're worth really. And you sign that deal. I think you got. I think you're underpaid for what he performs at. Um, I'm shocked. A- anyone have any thoughts yeah, on that man. besides me? I mean, I-, I saw that deal. I was like, I'm pretty surprised he would go to that team, man. That team, that team is just only a regular season team comes to play like an elite. Then when postseason comes, they just sh- shit their pants. Well, it, 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 it's so true. And, and, and the thing I hate about Nugent Hawkins, I, and, I'm, and I'm sick of it. And I feel like the Bruins have too many of these players. They have too many soft players and Nugent Hopkins is a soft ass player he like does not stick his nose in there he's not physical he shows it he, like as soon as you bu- start to bully him in the corner if you're in uh you know the opposition's defenseman like he's he's you know a ghost mode you know and again I use um you know uh teams like Tampa Bay of course because they're obviously a model for what a Stanley Cup team is but you like look at Pilat Johnson Sorelli, all those guys, like what makes them so good, it's not just because they're talented, but they're willing to go in the corner and get to the middle of the ice, right in front of the goaltender, where most goals in the NHL are scored now. You have to get to the center of the ice, and they're willing to take the punishment to, to, uh, to win the puck in the corner and to get to the front of the net. And that's what the Bruins need more of. Um, I think this year, quite honestly, was kind of a coming out party a little bit for Postnock because. Um, you know, in the Islanders series and Washington series, he kind of really, you know, kind of showed more like a toughness there. And again, toughness doesn't have to be like, oh, you're willing to like, you know, lay a guy out. It's it's more like, oh, are you willing to get beat up and punished in the corner and in front of the net to get there and score goals? And quite honestly, Nugent Hawkins is not that guy. And great, great job for you, Edmonton. Now your salary is pretty much taken up by three main players. All of them, quite frankly, are soft as hell. So yeah. I mean, and those, those two are the only soft ones. 
There's also Yamamoto, very soft of a player. Yep. And you got, what is his name? Oldra Jarvi, also soft. Even their defense is a little soft, too. Uh, Ethan Bear, also a little soft. What does he do? Not exactly. Exactly. Too many soft players. And that's the thing. And that's honestly Toronto's issue. Look at Mitch Marner. For all the talent that he is, what? He was no. He was pretty much a no-show outside of a few assists this, in this year's playoffs. I mean, you need guys who are willing to grind it out into corners. I mean, that's, again, today's NHL, you can't score from the point anymore. You've got to be in front of the net. And you've got to have wingers who are willing to go in there, stick their nose in there, win the puck battle, and win the battle in front of the net. And that's an issue with the Bruins. I think that's my biggest qualm with Taylor Hall, because I think he's a soft player. Um, I think Craig Smith was you know, worked his ass off and did it, but he's not super talented. Um, Jake DeBrusque, oh, talk about the epitome of a soft player. Um, so, and I think you need that on your team. So, just I'm glad we're not in the uh, Nugent Hopkins or Pujari or whatever business. So, right. Well, yeah. so my my thing with. <laughs> With the whole Nugent Hopkins thing, is for almost the same money, actually a little less money, you get him over Coil. I'd much rather have Nugent Hopkins over Coil. And for an extra $2 million on DeBrusque, you could have what Nugent Hopkins is, and I think that he's worth the money there. So I think the Bruins have really screwed up the cap. I'm not really surprised with that because we've been doing that for years now. Um, but Justin, you brought up David Pasternak, and we had some sad news in the Bruins family here. Um, oh. His son, his six year old, excuse me, six day old, six day old son I might mispronounce this it's either Vigo or Vigo uh, Pasternak he passed away um, I want to go on the record well first of all give out my condolences to the family um, I'm sure they're not going to listen to this but if they do my condolences out to you um, uh, to steal a term from Felger Maz there's no uh, golden cows on the podcast at least in my eyes but I am expecting a I'm expecting a come down year for him I would not be surprised if his play suffers at least early on in the year um, he still probably will make my three duds just based on what I expect from him but I'm, I, it's understandable um, and I'm kind of expecting it if that makes sense um, Yeah. That's, I, I think that was the first things when we were talking about it I was like you know what if he has a bad year I kinda, I, I'm, I'll, I'll, give him, I'll give him a mulligan on this year if he has a bad year yeah it, it's devastating to sit here about my condolences to the family yeah if it does happen, he has to have, have, to bad, have a bad year, which I am expecting as well. I will allow it. I understand that this is really tough on the family. I can't imagine what it, that, that feels like. It's horrible. Absolutely. Huge shout-out to, to him, his girlfriend, his family. That You never want that for anyone. And I, I, I like that. I, I, when we saw that news, I was like, oh, my God, this poor guy. So, I mean, Jesus. I mean, huge shout-out to them. Stay strong, do what you can, and like, oh my God, I just feel awful. That's terrible. That's that's the one silver lining about us not advancing the playoffs because if this this happened during the middle of a playoff run, then he has to choose: do I do I play? Do I not play? And if he plays, if you're on the ice, I kind of expect you to show up. Even I know going through something like this, I would almost rather you just go home, spend time with your family. But you know, it's hockey; they're gonna try to play through stuff, and then he's not. I can't. I, I wouldn't be myself. I I can't. You know, get on for not being himself after this. Um, but it's almost better if it, it's that's the one silver lining about not advancing. Um, I can't remember. By way, um, so, sorry, Jimmy. Just just quick thing. Yeah. Um, two nothing, Tampa Bay. Two nothing, Tampa. Yep. All right. Well, that's I mean, and, that, and it's and it's only 
four minutes into the game and oh, Jesus. nothing. All right. Oh boy. It's a good segue there. We'll go we'll go uh, big league segue. Let's uh, let's talk about the other teams. Um what do you guys want to start with? You want to start with uh Vegas Canadians or Islanders Tampa? Yeah, I'll start with that. Start with the uh, the biggest upset. Yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. So Canadians uh got the four two series win over Vegas. They won on their home ice. Um, I'm I I'm shocked. I had Vegas winning in six. I I can't believe that Carey Price has continued to play this well. He finally ran into a buzzsaw in this series, but he looked phenomenal. I, I just. I am putting the Vegas Golden Knights now no longer in the contending because I look at them like I looked at the San Jose Sharks for years, uh, how I look at the Cleveland Browns, how I looked at the Andy Reid Chiefs for years, how they did great regular season teams but then then not show up. I'm kind of putting Colorado in that same aspect as well. Uh, Edmonton Oilers, like all these teams that just choke when they should be good. Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm starting to put these guys like, you know what? I kind of gave I gave Flurry credit for when you know he was always a postseason choker. Besides the one cup he won in Pittsburgh, and then he went to the Cup Finals in his first year with Vegas. I'm like, oh well, maybe it wasn't him. Maybe it was the team. Nope, Flurry kind of still sucks. And no, he he had singles against yeah. this Montreal series. No, that's on him. Yeah, and then, and then, and then Leonard's not much better. Leonard has been a journeyman for a reason. I wonder how bad he is in the locker room just because of how I mean he's talented, but he's been on what, four different teams in his career? There's got to be something there with him. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on that series? Yeah, I, I'm pretty surprised by this series. I did think that Vegas would actually like get at least six games over Montreal because they played a, a really decent Minnesota team, which might not be so decent after next year. Um, Colorado, that team was hella stacked. They were looking like absolute monsters from that first round to the second round. And then Vegas, they stepped up, and they, I think they knew they used all their energy on that Colorado team. Was, that Colorado team was very good. And then the next series, I don't know what happened. They just they could not kind of like us with the Bruins from Capitals to Islanders. We couldn't keep that same energy. We just took a step down. Yeah, no, honestly, Ty, I, I, I totally agree. I, I was stunned that Vegas lost to Montreal. Absolutely stunned. Um, I, I, I honestly couldn't believe it. I thought there was going to be Tampa, Vegas, in the Stanley Cup. I was like, wow. So I thought they had a the better decor. I think they had the overall more talent up front. But with that being said, though, is I, looking at it, and again, kind of going off my stats uh, um, on that document I showed you guys, um, I think Vegas, uh, what came back to bite Vegas, Nick Suzuki. I mean, dude, like Chandler Stevenson, on on a Stanley Cup winning team, Chandler Stevenson is your third line center, and he's playing your first. I mean, the dude he's got barely any offensive talent at all. I think all he had going into the Montreal series was like six assists all postseason, and he's your number one centerman. Also, Mark Stone, dude, where did you go that series? Like, what 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 happened to him? Uh, he absolutely disappeared. Um, and I think Vegas, and I think uh, you know, you know, Flurry wasn't uh, didn't have his uh, was not good at all that series. And I think even though they had Petrangelo, who was such a monster, um, and they had some big de- uh, big defensive guys who I love, um, like like Martinez um, and Theodore, and so on and so forth. But I think what what really killed them is um, I think going back they would have absolutely have kept Nick Suzuki because I think that kid's a stud. I think he's going to be a big big player in this league. 
And Chandler Stevenson, he's just not a number one sentiment, and you need that number one guy. And they just didn't have it. And again, Mark Stone, who's your captain, he's your supposed to be your best winger, power forward, went MIA, and they just Vegas just was not willing to get to the front of the net and scoring when they needed to. And just they didn't get the key saves they needed. So I think, you know, absolutely, Jimmy, to your point, or, or I don't know if it's you, Tyler, that they just got worn down, I think, in that Colorado series. And I think just between that and lacking that talent uh, on your number one line, just, I mean, outside of Stone and Patrick, like, Patrick's old, getting old now. Um, I think it just came back to bite Vegas. I think Vegas has got some big decisions to make um, because they got a lot of older guys, a lot of kind of veteran guys, like, um, and some free agents coming up. So, so but credit to Montreal for taking advantage. Yeah, so you brought, you brought up Alex Martinez. I guess he was playing on a broken foot for the whole playoffs, or at least that last round. So, I mean, I'll give him credit for that. I mean, that's that's got to be tough. I mean, if we're going to give uh, Patrice Bergeron the golden heart, or the, the purple heart here for playing with a punctured lung, I mean, you got to give Martinez something. But, I mean, you named all these guys that didn't show up. How about the bum's bum, Max Pacioretty, okay? This guy, he leaves Montreal because they couldn't win there, and he's been, he's done absolutely nothing there in Vegas. He puts up regular season numbers and doesn't show up when the game's match. Matter. I mean, as a Bruins fan, we all give Tavares shit for that because he's kind of the same way for Toronto. But I think Petrovetti mm-hmm. is kind of forgotten as this guy who's a epic choker. I put him in the same kind of group as PK Subban for those Montreal Canadiens. And you know how how like I love these stories where you trade your former captain away and you kick his ass in the playoffs. Especially like Char was a little bittersweet because he was there for so long. But Pacioretty, a perennial choker, and you kick his ass in the playoffs? Fuck yeah. Kick that guy's ass. And, yeah. Listen, and he's on the wrong side of uh, 32. He's he's not getting any younger, mm. and I think the play is showing it. And that's where my huge argument is. Like, sure, all the guys may be able to produce in the first, second round of the playoffs, but if, as soon as it starts getting deep, the physicality is, you know, like taking a toll on you, all the guys just don't got it. And yeah. I think it, Vegas, again, is in a tough spot. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I guess let's move over to the other series, which I started calling the Real Stanley Cup Final because I think that. Yeah, the of that- I, I think that was right there was the highlight. Of, it's going to be the highlight of the Stanley Cup, probably yes. the best series because Tam- wow, Tampa was it eventful. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay and, yeah. uh, New York. Yeah, I, I I think that this was whoever won this series was going to win the cup once Montreal made it through. Cause yeah. it was, I think that Montreal is just way too thin on the on the. They're just they're too young. I I think they're a couple years away, but this team really has shown something. Um, so went to Game Seven. Islanders lost one nothing. To me, my standouts from that is that the Lightning out Islander the Islanders. I mean, winning one nothing on a, on a shorty. I mean, come on. That, that, I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's that's prototypical Islanders play right there. I mean, they they. Lit- I do have to say though that game seven, that last minute, that was so amazing. I loved watching that. I was on the edge of my seat during that that last minute. I actually thought the Islanders were going to score. Yeah, like, they were very close to scoring. It, I mean, it's it's. I mean, did you guys happen to hear the the winning call for Tampa? When they won, the, when oh. they won the series, it was awful. Like as as good as Tampa is, their broadcasting crew on the radio is awful with Phil Esposito and whoever the hell the other guy. Oh, is. they're brutal, Yo, man. He I sounds mean, like he's like inhales helium every time he makes an they, announcement. They, I'm like, they, Dude. They, they they can't even like like it was like the the call was like mumbling like I I speak fast. It's why I can never do play by play. But it was I like but it was like blah 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 Stanley Cup final bound or something like that. And I'm like, what, what was the first? 
three sentences you said before that. I don't know what the hell you said. And if you're a play-by-play guy, especially on the radio, you have to be able to illustrate that. So that's the one bad thing about the Islander, or, uh, excuse me, about Tampa, is that you don't know what the hell they're saying uh, on, the, on the radio broadcast. But other than that, that team is stacked. I'm not shocked that Tampa won that series. I'm shocked it went seven, honestly. Um, I, had, I had Tampa in five, I think. So... Well, listen, you know what? And huge credit to the Islanders because I'm pretty sure in the past couple of years, they're the only team that has pushed Tampa to a game seven in the playoffs. I mean, what? Tampa uh, beat uh, the Florida Panthers in what? Five, uh, six, uh, what is it? Um, five yeah, I games? I think it might have been five or six. Five games. It's yeah, five or they six. beat Carolina in five games. And uh, last year they, um, you know, beat the Islanders in six games. But this year the Islanders got a little bit better, and then it, it took them seven games to win. And that was one hell of a series. Credit to the Islanders for pushing Tampa because they've been the only team to push them to Game Seven. And Tampa's a wagon, so that's a huge credit to them. Mm-hmm. Baby Trots. Again, I think if their top six was just like a little bit better, I think they could have had a good chance of potentially stealing that series. So, I mean, again, yeah. credit to the Islanders. And that really would have been a stolen series, honestly. It would have been a stolen yeah, series. Yeah, because now Tampa Bay's going to bulldoze Montreal, it's looking like here. Yeah, it's going to be a general and sweep at best. I mean, Montreal's going to be lucky to win a game here. The game two was a game to win, and they didn't win it. Well, and honestly, in a way, I'm happy the Bruins didn't beat the Islanders. Because that would have been an awful series. Honestly, it would have been an absolute gentleman sweep. Like yeah. it, it may have gone five games. I would have picked the Lightning in four. Um, they would have just rolled over the Bruins. It would have been embarrassing, quite honestly. It really would so, have been. It would... and any Bruins fan who thinks that they would have given the uh, Lightning a little bit more run for their money, are you kidding me? Come on, reality check here. <laughs> Mr. Reality with the reality check. I like it. So, do you guys have any other top, uh, any other uh, hits on that uh, Islander um, Tampa Bay series? No, it was a good series it's a, that for that Lightning Islanders eight nothing loss. That was brutal. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, all right, and then the Cup final is uh, the Montreal Canadiens against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. They're up two zero in the series. Up two zero still, Justin, in the game. Yep. Yeah. Tampa leads series two nothing. And they're up two zero in the game. Yep. All right. Still up two zero. Um, does anyone really think that Montreal has a chance in this series? <laughs> No, I don't think they do. Tampa Bay is just too good. They said they have the better team overall, and Montreal. Listen, I think this team is still kind of rebuilding. To be honest with you, I mean, I, they kind of have shown now that they have had the potential of winning a cup. Unfortunately, because they got young guys like Caulfield, Suzuki, Kakanyemi, like they're they're there just hungry to be an elite talent, and they're kind of showing it. They really are. As for guys like Brendan Gallagher, what a tough Gallagher. bastard. I love Gallagher. He has his head driven into the mat. Kind of similar to the Artemi Panarin situation. But this time, like, he was legit bleeding from his head. But that dude, had, oh, my God. Did you see the look on his face, bro? He did not look phased by it. I don't it's think like, yeah, I lived for this. I don't think he knew where he was. I'm not gonna lie, when it happened, I and mean, he may have looked like he lived before, but I don't think he knew where the hell he was. He could have been in Montreal, Tampa, Istanbul. He could have been anywhere. He had no idea where the hell he was. And he's still playing too, which is crazy. Yeah, I'm surprised um, they're letting Sergachev uh, in in the country of Canada and not arresting him, like they try to do to Zidane Chara. Um, <laughs> because I feel like that's what the fans would love to do and call 911 on this guy. And it's kind of, uh, I think it's ironic that Sergachev used to play for the Canadians. Um, <laughs> it was at least drafted by them. Um, kind of irony there, and I love that kind of stuff. Um, 
any thoughts on the series, guys? Uh, to me, it's going exactly what I expected. I'm actually surprised it was only two to one <laughs> last game. Um, uh, I think it will be Lightning in five. I think Cup Montreal will win one game. I think not this game, but probably the next one. Like just to get like good one good game in there, and then Tampa, Tampa Bay they just want to win it. Out. I I won't. I don't blame Tampa if they actually lose game five if they happen to win this one. I would love to win it at home. He's like, you're up three to nothing. Can you imagine you just tank a game to win at home? You're that talented where you can tank. They are that talented where they can tank a game. Yeah, just they, win they, they can just take it home. I wouldn't blame them. They just decided to throw game five. Like, hey, you know, if we got we gotta fly, <laughs> we gotta fly home anyways and pack up the locker room. Let's 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 win the cup there. Fuck it. Yeah, no, I mean, and as bad like as bad as this is kind of going for the Canadians right now. Um, honestly, if you're a Canadians fan, you should be hopeful for your future. I mean, because Suzuki, Katanyemi. Um, um, Caulfield looks like he's going to be a stud. I mean, you've got some young talent in your system that are up and coming. I love Brendan Gallagher. I love his game. Um, so I mean, like the Canadians have a lot to look forward uh, look forward to. Unlike the Boston Bruins, who whose future right now looks exceptionally bleak. Um, so I mean, like you know, could so Canadians? I mean, don't be. I, I feel like their fans may be a little disheartened by the series, but don't be too disheartened because. Man, they've uh, they're building something there, and it's going to be a force next year in our division. Hey, they get to feel our pain. Just think about it. <laughs> our <laughs> yeah. pain back in 2019. Well, it's not going to be as bad as ours because no, I mean it will it will be a sign of hope for them. But for us, ugh, yeah, oh, yeah. no, yeah, definitely. Um, nothing gives me more joy than watching Canadians fans cry. There's like, well, actually, no, Toronto fans are probably funner. More, more fun to watch. No, they're, they're because, because just, better. just because they have that Maple Leaf Garden or Maple Leaf Square, and then watching all the fans go nuts out there, and then realize there's no hope. That's pretty funny to watch. Um, you no, know I also love to see fans cry from the Islanders because that fan base is crazy. Oh, like you, yeah, go ahead, Tyler. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Do you see what they did in Game Six? They were throwing like beer cans with that overtime goal hat. Yeah. Like they were. They really. They thought they were gonna win after that. Like, yeah, we're going to the cup, boys. We're going to the cup. <laughs> so, so, do you know these guys called the Borellis? I watched their like streams on the Barstool yeah, Sports. Oh, oh so, my oh, god, so they are great. crazy. Oh, they're so great. Um, so I'm living down here in Connecticut right now. Um, so it's kind of like that New York. Boston border kind of thing, and so I would I was going to Mohegan Sun because it's like the only bar that stays open, you know, past like nine thirty down here. It's insane. So I was watching the game there multiple times, and there's like these two Islanders fans who are at the bar every single time, and I'm like, dude, like go back to like fake New York. Like what the fuck are you doing here? I'm like, this is, like I'm, here, I'm sitting there in my Bruins jersey, my Bruins hat, I'm like, I'm like, and, like, like, and like um. It's it just like that on one side, and other Bruins on the other side. Like I think it was when we were down in, in game, uh, we lost in game six, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So in game six, we were down two uh, two goals in the final minute, and this guy's like, "Believe in the team." There's still time. I'm like, no, man, there's no more. No, I'm going home. Like, no, fuck this shit. It's like you got two different spectrums. One of these like these asshole Islander fans, like, "Yeah, Islanders, yeah, we're that good, we're that good." And then the other one's like, "Oh yeah, believe in the team. It's not over till it's over." Remember 2013? I'm like, dude. I mean, Toronto had James Ryan who puked on himself. They're not doing that here, okay? This team is like. Uh, made on defense. They're not giving up this lead here in the final minute. That's not happening. Okay, so like th- those are kind of kind of Bruins fans and Islanders fans. I can't fucking stand. Yes, um, I agree. Honestly, I thought I thought the Bruins series was quite honestly over in Game Five, um, because like you know Bruins came out. They were honestly probably the better team for most of that game, and they still lost. I mean, after a game like that, and then you go back to the Coliseum, I was like. 
it's no hope for these guys. There's no hope. I mean, the, the, the Bruins just getting punished in, in the, the offensive zone, and they're getting manhandled in their own zone. Uh, and Barry Trotz, like, one hell of a coach, and his players buy, buy into his system. So I was like, dang, like, that's it, it, it. Like, after that second period of game six, I was like, nope, that's it. We've lost. Done. Yep. I agree. Well, you guys have anything else you want to talk about hockey-wise? We talk about the uh, current upcoming expansion draft of the Seattle Kraken. Not for that. Oh, yeah. I don't didn't do any research on that. So Tyler, take it away. So who do you or who do you think we're going to take from the Kraken for the Bruins? I think it might be. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't do any research too. To be to be fair with you, all I know is they can take one player. From Any, us. But anybody on the pretty roster, soon. pretty much. I don't care. Besides Bergeron, Postnock, uh McAvoy, or. Uh, did I miss one of the perfection line guys? No, I didn't. So any of those four guys are off the limits. Anybody else take? Yeah. I don't care. Take Coil, please. I, I, yeah, Give us I think they might take Coil please, or DeBrusque. Yeah, I'm gonna be surprised. I would love them to take Coil because of the contract would be free up even more cap space. I, oh, I think, I think true. we're gonna have like what thirty something million dollars or twenty eight million dollars to play with. If you take Coil too, you got what thirty two to thirty six million dollars. That's 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 a gazillion dollars in cap space there in the NHL. You can get so many players to rebuild this team right now. And, and that's why Justin, your text the other day saying we're entering the dark ages. I'm holding off to see this off season. If we do absolutely nothing with this cap space and just bring back the, bring back the crew. Yeah. It's going to yeah, be a dark future. Then yeah. I'm, then we got to do you. something. Then big. We have, we have to really get some players here. This, this off season reminds me a lot of when they got, when they went out and got Mark Savard and Oz did our trial that off season. Uh, God, 13, 14 years ago now at this point now. This offseason kind of reminds me of shaping up to be like that, where they went out and actually got real players, and that's what they need to do. They need to retool this team right now. Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, I, I don't know, guys, because like, like I said, I think Bergeron Krejci too old. They're not, they're not, they're not young enough to win the Stanley Cup right now. And I mean, like Sidney Crosby, he's a guy. I know he's like mid thirties, but he's a guy who I could see winning a cup just because he's that talented. But Bergeron Krejci, they're not even close to Sidney Crosby's level, and they're on the wrong side of the thirties. They're out of their primes. Um, so I think the best thing for this team right now is to rebuild. And the only reason why I'm, I'm partially in favor of keeping Charlie Coyle is because because of our like suck bag drafting I mean we have no one to replace either of those guys yeah, but absolutely it's, no one but it's Coyle no, somebody but it's we, Coyle, we have no one Coyle and, and, somebody, though? and that's why I'm just like this, this, the future of this team is so bleak I mean and like this year we were supposed to see all the young and upcoming defensemen we have we still had to end up trading for a defenseman and Lo- uh, and uh, Zabor, Vakanainen, those guys didn't play in the playoffs. Why can't no, they do not. Why? Do, we even, you know, do we even see Vakanainen like, this so year? What are we doing here? And I don't think yeah. it's uh, – and I know we have a ton of cap space, but use that cap space, sign McAvoy, uh, re-sign Carl if you can, um, you know, like use that money for them. Um, but do please, if 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 Marsha and Bergeron want to take another shot at the cup, what's going to be their natural option? Resign Krejci, resign Rask, keep bringing back the whole gang, yeah, and that's the what they're going to blow all their money on. And I don't think there's any quick fix to uh, this team other than hoping that you know Don Sweeney gets the head of it, head out of his ass, or they fire him and get a GM who's actually confident in here and can assess talent and help rebuild this team. So I, I'm I'm really bleak on this future. I don't understand this. I don't understand the resign Rask thing. I don't get it. He's not playing until February anyways. I don't, I don't think we should. He's not He's not playing until February anyways. I mean, unless you're going to sign him and let Seattle take him, but I would much rather not risk that because if they don't take him, then you're stuck with him. He's not going to be a backup here. He's not going to be. So 
if we're going to play the kid from October through, I'm assuming the season starts start in October again, because I think they're going to try to get back to somewhat normal uh, times for both uh, NHL and basketball. Um, so if it starts in October, you're not going to see him for the first two thirds of the season. Why bring him back then? If you're going to start, if you're going to start swimming, start swimming. I would much, I'd much rather re-sign Halak as your backup again with Swayman. I'd much rather that. And if, and if Swayman's not the guy, then you go with Halak and you save a lot of money on Rask. That's how I look at it. And, and Jimmy, like, what, it would say Swayman starts the season, right? And he, the kid plays out of his mind, okay? What? So Rask gets healthy. All of a sudden it's like, hey, Swayman, so you've been awesome for us. You've been doing great, and you're clearly kind of like, you know, number one, but we're going to go with this old bum who wants to come back again. It's like, yeah, because, what's that going to do to the kid's confidence? Yeah, because like, like, because like, we have you the, can you get Rask out of town now? Because we, have the, because we have the cowardly line as a head coach, and he's afraid to make big moves with a lineup. I mean, we have the cowardly line one uh, A at the top with the GM, and we have the, we have a cowardly line behind the bench too. They're not they're not they're they fall too much in love with their own guys. Uh, I hate crossing sports, but a lot like Danny Ainge did with the Celtics, he fell in love with his own guys and it refuses to trade them. I'm sorry, it's a it's a it's a game, and people give the Red Sox crap because they they fire managers and they fire GMs and they 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 deal players that are fan favorites. Guess what? They have won three times, four times as many. Uh, Championships than the Bruins have in the last twenty years. I mean, so people give them crap for it. I mean, the Patriots the same way. They have they have they have no problem in getting rid of their their guys if they're fan favorites or not because it's a team. And guess what? Fans will get over it if you win. Fans will get over it. That's how my thoughts are. Any other any other thing, guys? No, really cool, DJ. Nothing else. Nothing else. Well, I I think people can stop calling us um, homers and stuff like that because we have talked about 50 minutes on anything but the Bruins. I know there's been Bruins tied in, but this podcast has been primarily not Bruins related. So I think we're a bunch of puckheads here, guys. But um, thanks for th- th- thanks for joining me, guys, on this show takeover. Um, this has been the Boston Bee Party. I am Jimmy Shea again with Justin Ventola and Tyler Scales. Y'all have a good night. Thanks, Jimmy. Thank you, Jimmy. Bye, guys. Number 47 for Boston. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting!